Player 2, this is Player 1, plugging in. Player 1 is initiating connection. Player 1 is online. Player 1, this is Player 2, plugging in. Player 2 is initiating connection. Player 2 is online. All players have successfully connected. You are now plugged into the Plug and Play podcast. Initiating startup sequence. So guys, uh, as you guys can tell this week, I sound like shit. I've been sick all weekend, and this is Tuesday, and I'm still not feeling all that great. Um, but we're here, and we are live from Amnesia Brewing in downtown Washington. As you check the giant sign to remember The giant you, sign. We are what, did you forget where you were? I got amnesia. Did you have amnesia? I have amnesia. So we are outside Amnesia Brewing, downtown Washugal, Washington. So we're actually on the main street, so you will hear some traffic, but... Traffic is so far, knock on wood, um, relatively sparse. We're hoping yeah. that not too many motorcycles go by, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tony. Uh, it's uh, his friend Tony just pulled up on a motorcycle. We had to start, start <laughs> recording all over. It was pretty funny. Um, so as usual, we talk about our week. Um, yep. Zach's already shared how wonderful he feels. I feel and fucking awesome. Um, what else is going on for you? Uh, I got the black plague. Um, why am I sitting next to you? I fuck if I know. Well, um, I don't have a black plague yet. Um, you sort of, like, the black plague woke you up really early. I woke up at 6.45 this morning not, of my own free will. I actually set an alarm, and I, mean, I know Zach goes to work this time all the time. It's no big deal. Actually, I was already at work by that point, but okay. So, yeah, you're like 6.45. But your wife's, like, already at work, like, three hours yeah, in. Yeah, she gets up at 4.30. So, anyway, 6.45 early for me because I work nights. Um, I set an alarm. Can you guess why I set an alarm? You set an alarm to go see Batman versus Superman. No, I did that earlier in the week. Okay, so hold on. You set an alarm because a game came out. Close. Fuck. So I think I bitched last week about how uh, pre-orders for PlayStation VR went on sale, but you could only buy... That's right! You could only buy the yep. bundle that came with the wands and the camera. The camera and all that bullshit. Stuff that I already have. Yep. Um, today was the day that the just the... Just the VR came on. Did you get it? I did. Oh um, yeah. Amazon, How much was it? Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Um, so I've got till October to pay down that balance. I'm gonna go. I like uh, purchasing Amazon credit and applying it toward my orders. So like big orders like that are paid off by the time. Okay. Because Amazon does not charge you until they ship. Oh. So I can have this actually paid off. Before they ship. Before it ships, okay. and I can pay in cash. I have a weird system of turning cash into Amazon credit. And we will talk about it here. Okay. Totally legal. But we're going to talk about it afterwards, like an Amazon credit. Sure. All uh, right. It's, uh, well, it's not like you get free money. It's just it's turning am- turning boring American money into exciting Amazon money. Gotcha. Uh, but you mentioned Batman versus Superman. I did go see that with my daughter, and she loved it. Um, she thought, with your free tickets? Yep. Sweet. Got free tickets thanks to Verizon. Um, 
you just texted a number and they sent you a Fandango code. So my tickets weren't exactly free. Neither mind. What the fuck was that all about? Well, which theater did you try to see that? Cinetopia. Well, those are expensive. Hey. So they give you 26 in credit, basically, which okay. is good for for two people if each ticket was like thir- a regal. Thirteen dollars. Okay. But I wanted to see it in the IMAX. You know, At Dolby. No, the, the Regal. Oh, I didn't IMAX. know they had that. You have IMAX oh. uh, 3D. That's cool. So that was a bit expensive, but after the 26 discount, it was only 8 bucks for the two of us. Shit, mine was still 14 I was seeing it in the movie parlor. Mm, okay, yeah, that's, but that's super I didn't expensive. pay for it. I, got fr- I did get free tickets, um, like you, mm-hmm. but I figured out that free wasn't enough money for me to go, gotcha. and I was sick, and it was only good for this weekend. And you hate movies. And I hate going to see movies. I like watching that. Oh, we're going to get on to that. Never mind. Found a cool new show. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I thought Batman vs. Superman was pretty good. It took a little longer to set up than I liked. um, But I liked how it showed um, Alexander Luther, because people seem to be confusing him with Lex Luther. Okay. Um, His son, Alexander Luther, set up the fight between Batman and Superman for his own ends. Um, A little bit annoyed me that Batman didn't figure out that he was being manipulated, but... Um, it was cool. I liked... I mean, he's got money. He doesn't got brains. No, he does. He's totally no, smart. No, no, no. The butler's a smart guy. Alfred. He's no, like, no, Alfred's no, like, I'm so fucking smart, guys. Let's do this. Um, the butler was really good. It was uh, Jeremy... Was he black? Piv- no, Jeremy Pivens. No, he's like British. He needs to be black. He can be British. He's British a lot of times. I mean, in the comic, yeah, he's white, but I like the black one. <laughs> um, this time he was British. Uh... Caucasian British because there are colored black people or British people. You got me saying things wrong. <laughs> um, so the Batmobile was kind of whatever. The uh, the, the Bat Air vehicle is pretty sweet. They had a Bat Air vehicle? Yeah, All I don't right. know what you'd call it. It wasn't a helicopter. It wasn't exactly a, a plane. Bat plane. It was more a plane than anything. It's not Superman. It's not Batman. It's a Bat plane. The right person won the fight between Batman versus Superman. I'll just say that. A Teletubby jumped out. Chuck Norris was like, fuck yeah! And Wonder Woman was great in the movie. Um, all in all, it was okay. <laughs> um, Chuck Norris was not in the film. <coughs> I thought it was weird that Metropolis and Gotham were like right across the river from each other. That's pretty strange. Like, you could see the bat signal from Metropolis. That was a little weird. Um, Somebody in there is like, fuck it, we gotta make a Superman signal. Well, yeah, Superman doesn't need a signal because he can hear everything. But he needs to have a signal. So yeah, I saw that, but daughter was thrilled to go out to movies with me, and I spent more on popcorn than I spent on the tickets, <laughs> so that's always nice. Um, it was a good time, and that's really all the notable things of the week. Okay. What about you? Um, well, this week... You guys are right? Yeah. You're great. This week, you tried to kill yourself with Black Plague. Yep, I got myself with the Black Plague. Figured out Batman vs Superman is not worth the free price tag because free price tag was not actually free. Um, <coughs> what did you watch instead? You talked about watching. We started something. watching a, a TV show on A and E called The Return. Okay. So basically, I've heard of this. Have I, you? I, th- I think it's based on a comic. It might be. It's been canned. Um, oh, that sucks. Yeah, so season two got canned. They're like eight episodes in, and then I think they stopped. So if it's the premise I'm thinking of where dead people come back, yeah, it's totally been a comic first. Oh, fuck no. I got to buy all the comics. Yes, you do. And it probably didn't get canceled after probably the first not. season. So basically, we don't really know why or how these people are coming back, but these people that die in tragic, horrific ways are all coming back to life. Hmm. So uh, 
it's pretty entertaining. I really enjoy it so far, kind of. There's a lot of boobs, which really keeps me going. Because, like, the first few episodes, I was like, I don't like, know about but this. But if they're dead boobs, who wants that? But they're not. They're not dead boobs. These people that come back from the dead look there like they're alive. There's a lot of boobs. I keep telling my wife, I was like, hey, hey, you think there's going to be more boobs next episode? She's like, I don't know, maybe. I was like, all right, let's watch another one then. <laughs> so. Um, so, the people that come back, are they, they act weird? Not yet. Okay. They're, I mean, they act strange because they don't realize that time's gone by and left them behind. Some of them are like 29 years they've been dead. Some of them are four so years. So what do they remember? They remember everything up to the point of death. So they don't actually remember themselves dying? Uh, not as far as we know yet. Nobody's admitted to that. Okay. So, but it's pretty entertaining because, like, a lot of the characters' families and stuff, you know, have obviously moved on. One of them was uh, actually died on his wedding day, and his soon-to-be wife was pregnant and uh, he is now returning eight years or nine years later his daughter is playing soccer and his what was going to be wife is about ready to start another marriage uh oh yeah so yeah and uh, but he's a real creep he like shows up and doesn't say anything and then she like talks to him like it's a spirit and he like disappears and I'm like like just vaporizes or just no like he just like walks away Uh like doesn't say anything creepy yeah, uh, it's it's Just, odd, hmm. but well, anyways, that's so. less less of a struggle then for her to decide who to marry. Though. Oh, now she's talking to him though. Now they fucked and everything, and the and her was gonna be husband was a sheriff, and he saw him. It sounds he, like, like the first season of Walking Dead, with the character that one. Shane, yeah, hmm. yeah. Rest in peace, Shane, dumbass. <laughs> anyways, so that's what I've been up to. But uh, since I was sick. I got the write-up of some game reviews. I actually got to buy a new game and play it. And me and you have two different takes on playing it. So I'm going to let you talk about this game, and I'm going to talk about how I got into this game. Okay. So, because I know we both played it. I yeah, think. it was weird seeing you on Steam playing. I'm like, why, do you, why are you playing this too? So I've gotten pretty deep into Stardew Valley. I haven't gotten really far, but that's like all I've been playing this week. Like, okay. I get home from work, I'm like, I just want to maybe, you know, harvest some crops, maybe go, go explore the cave a little more. So Stardew Valley I is... I got that far. What? It's more a cave? Yeah, with a sword. That's cute. What? Kill, killing slimes. That's cute. Yeah, you got to get a little further. The first hour... I have a barn. What about you, motherfucker? I don't have a barn. You've been building. I have a coop. I don't have a coop. I've been exploring. You've been building. I've been exploring. I've also been using cheat engines. So... <laughs> I want to make sure we mention the title of this game, because sometimes we go over that, and then you're like, that game sounds cool, but what the hell are you talking about? We're talking about Stardew Valley. It was made by one guy. One guy, which is amazing when you and see this. This game is fucking awesome. Like, you can do all sorts of things. You can farm, you can build, you can go exploring. There's secrets in this world. Like, you have a huge plot of land. You do. You have a huge... Like, I've seen some videos of people's farms. I'm like... Yeah, I'm a, I know. I was like, I gotta rebuild mine, like restart, because so I like, already started mine out really shitty. I'm like, oh, all right, never mind. This is not gonna work. Yeah, I should maybe get some ideas before I go any further. Yeah. I have literally nothing except for a furnace and a tiny. Pack. How the hell did you get the furnace? Craft it. You, you can melt ore in furnace, right? Yeah. How the fuck do you get get got, the blueprints I've for got the like, furnace? I've got four bars of. Uh, well, you have to get copper first of all. Okay, but I went and bought a shitload of copper ore from the blacksmith. Mm-hmm. And I never got a blueprint for a freaking furnace. Maybe because you didn't actually mine the copper ore. I mined the copper ore in the cave. God damn it. So, as you can see, we've totally been playing this game differently. And that's because there's a lot to do. There's fishing, there's crafting. There's... You fished? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I fished it for a little bit. takes a little bit of getting used to, but I think I've kind of got it. I won a fishing contest one day and caught two smallmouth bass. I have not got the hang of it yet. 
Yeah, it's a little tricky. Um, I mean, it's simple, but you have to move this bar. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But anyway, this game looks really charming. It, um, it's totally a riff on, like, Harvest Moon or Animal yeah. Crossing. But it's got a ton of systems, and it's... It's amazing. Well, would you know that one guy made this whole game with, like, the level of polish it has, really nice music, yeah. um, nice sprite graphics. Yeah. Um, not amazing, but it's good sprite graphics. You know when it's 8-bit and I like it, it's a good game. So I just got this game gifted randomly from my friend. I bought it. And and then after I got it, I was like, what is this game? I looked into it, and, like, apparently it's gaining popularity pretty oh, fast. yeah. Um, I've heard another podcast talking about it, and... I saw an article somewhere, but yeah. One guy that I know, or not that I know, but I've listened to every week, 120 hours into it already. That's crazy. I'm just like, holy shit. He's still fighting stuff. So I'm about seven hours in, and for me, for one week, that's a lot. I think I'm about probably four hours in. Hmm. So. Okay. Yeah, four or five. Cause it I sounds like your farm is built up a lot better than mine. But again, I took out all the shit that I hate in these types of games. So yeah, I'm I'm playing the game as it was programmed. Yeah, he Tim's playing the game as it's programmed. I play the game as I think it should have been programmed. So you took out the exhaustion. Yeah, I took out the exhaustion, so my guy does not get tired. So you start in a farm that's like loaded with like just garbage everywhere, yeah. um, like branches and stones. But you harvest those. You smash the rocks. You cut up the branches for wood and stone. Um, everywhere we go, we get a dog parking. Yeah. Um, but your farm is all cluttered. Have a dog in front of us. Have some more beers, Zach. Galaxy Defenders. So that's mostly what I've been playing. Um, you said you played that. What else have you been playing? Uh, so I have taken upon myself to try a lot more Android games. So I've been trying to reach outside the bubble. Um, and there is two Walking Dead games on... Uh, I didn't know there's two. Yeah. One of them's got a Daryl face and one of them's got a Michonne. Okay. So I've been playing the Michonne face one. It's just called The Walking Dead. I don't I don't know what the Daryl one is. So are they, are they two completely separate games or just different I skin? I believe they're completely different games. Okay. Two different developers. Okay. Um, that would be two different game. games for sure. Yeah. It's a turn-based. I just got it last night, so I don't know a whole bunch about it. You select a... You select an enemy, you select a guy, he fires. It's like turn-based, uh, old classic RPG with a storyline of building up and maintaining a, a survivor camp. So check that out. Um, I already got the legendary Glenn, apparently, because it came free with the game download. Okay. Um, limited time availability or some bullshit like that. So that's what I have been playing this week. Um, but that moves us on to Tech Talk. And uh, we really need to figure out a freaking intro for here. Like, tick tock, tick tick tock. Yeah, but not that. Not that, though. Um, I also want to bring up, uh, we briefly p- touched on this last week, but every week when I talk about something um, in the Tech Talk segment or Tasty Treats, I will be putting up an article about it so you can read more about it if you're interested. Oh, yeah. On plugandplaygamer.com. Um, and you can drop down the menu or just search back a few articles and look for Tech Talk yeah. or um, Tasty Treats. Learn more about what we're talking about. Today I'm talking about The Ring, which I believe I brought up before in this podcast, but The Ring is a really cool... Um, I think I should have brought it up as a Kick It. I might have. Um, it's moved beyond Kick It, though, and you can actually now buy it at Costco. Um, so it's a... They're a major fl- league now. They've come a long way as far as the software. When I originally got mine, it was pretty rough. Um, yeah. But they've added a lot more features. I remember it didn't even work on your uh, iPhone. No, it didn't. Um, now it works fine seamlessly on my wife's iPhone. Um, another cool feature they just rolled out is, so I should back up. Um, let's go ahead and let these the Ring guys describe this product. 
They say home is where the heart is. But most of the time, you're not there to receive deliveries, see who comes by, or protect it from unwanted visitors. With the Ring Video Doorbell, you're always home. Ring streams HD video and audio over your home Wi-Fi to mobile devices. With Ring, you'll never miss a visit. Delivery from Mr. Phillips? Great, just leave it by the door, thank you. And Ring's customizable motion detection makes it easier than ever to keep an eye on your property. <gasps> oh, I see you to me, Stevenson. With Ring's cloud recording feature, you can instantly access, replay, and share your video events. When it comes to security, Ring lets you give the appearance of being home, even when you're not. Hello? Uh, I'm just in the neighborhood doing a free house painting estimates. Uh, I'm bathing the children right now. Right, hey. Most burglaries start with a ring of your doorbell to make sure you're not home. Alarm systems alert you after someone has entered your home, but you can build a ring of security around your entire property in just minutes. Start with a ring video doorbell, then simply add a stick-up cam anywhere you want extra coverage. Stick-up cam installs with one easy click and operates off a built-in rechargeable battery. Can I help you? Ring helps families keep their homes secure and prevents break-ins before they occur, during the day and at night. The Ring Video Doorbell was designed to enhance your home's entry. With a wide variety of faceplate options, you can customize Ring to fit your home's personality. You don't need extra tools or professional help to mount Ring in minutes. Ring works on any home, whether you have available power or not. And should someone steal your Ring, we'll even replace it for free. With convenience, 24-7 home monitoring, and the peace of mind of added security, Ring families are always home. Order your Ring video doorbell today at ring.com. Okay, so you've got this camera um, that's not really disguised, but a part of your doorbell. Yeah. Um, what's cool, the new feature I was going to talk about is that you can actually now go into the Ring app and turn on the camera whenever you want. You couldn't do that before. Huh. So I can see, you know, just what's going on in front of my house. That's cool. Um, and every time someone rings the doorbell, obviously I get a message on my phone and I can answer it. I also can turn on motion sensing if I want and I can control what zones get motion sensed. So there's one corner um, that gets activated by cars a lot. I can turn that off so okay. I get less false motions at my front oh. door. It's really cool, especially on vacation. To yeah, make be able it to open it up and look and see what the hell's going on. Yeah, make it look like uh, someone's home. Yeah, I can't come to the door right now. Yeah. Just leave it on the porch. Sorry, I'm uh, taking a peep. I scared the UPS driver. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> freaks him out. They don't expect someone to like, talk to him. So yeah, I love my ring. That's um, the possessed house. Leave it alone. <laughs> Kick the package to it and run. Like I said, you can get it at Costco. Um, it's on Amazon. Um, it's out there. Check out the ring. Dad, Dad mentioned we're going to be redoing a home remodel 2K16 here pretty soon. Play the worst games. I know. So once, this one's the siding and gutter edition. Oh, that's... Fucking awesome. But the thing I'm really excited about is I get to put the ring on this outside of my house this time. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that because I don't have a doorbell. Okay. So I will be able to rip out the sheetrock. I know the wiring is in there somewhere okay. and I can find the wiring and rerun There's it. There's two models now. There used to be just one model. One model needs the wiring and one doesn't. Yeah, but you have to have the batteries. Yeah. Well, the model that doesn't comes with a battery that lasts allegedly up to a year. Okay. Just Still in case. Not long enough. Well, but if I can't find it, then yeah. You've got options. Cool. 
So, last week we asked you guys a question, or not really, Jesse asked you guys a question. They realized we didn't really answer it. That's true. Uh, so, what game enraged you? I'm trying to think. Like, I don't really get like pissed off at games too much. But I just I, stopped playing them. Yeah, I just stop. So I guess like Jesse's answer was good because I had the same reaction. I just walked away from Super Meat Boy. Yeah. Um, and that's Jesse's answer was uh, Super Meat Boy. God damn it! I had to walk away for some time. I watched speed runs on YouTube. I've never gone back. So I didn't even watch the speed runs. I was just like, no. I'm trying to think of a game that really pissed me off. And I guess I could throw out a real shocker. Zelda. Which one was the last one that came out? Skyward Sword. Yeah. That pissed me off. That was a shit game. Okay. Well, I know that you don't like uh, Minecraft. Minecraft, but that's just a different situation. Yeah. So we got an um, email as well from Isabella Hall. No, she actually answered on the website through our form. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she said, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, I think that can explain itself. I don't think that was nearly as bad as Skyward Sword, but it still wasn't definitely no Ocarina of Time. No, or, or Wind Waker. Or Wind Waker. And then Blindshot Diver said, Bloodborne, I sold it. So, yeah. I think Bloodborne was, like, made to pe- make people pissed, though. The whole, yeah. The whole premise is to All piss the Souls off. games are yeah. evil. So, that is this week's question, or last week's question, guys, and this week's answers. Um, so, we will be right back, live from Amnesia Brewing in downtown Washougal. Hey everyone, instead of a musical break, we're going to draw the winners for our Cat Lateral Damage uh, PlayStation 4 contest. We've got two codes to give away. Thank you everyone for the retweets. Um, like I said, we have two codes to give away. We have 27 entries. So I'm going to go ahead and put 27 into a random number generator online, and we're going to pick a winner. Alright, so our first winner is number 19, and on my list, in order that was tweet retweeted, number 19 is... Jason Slaughter at Strangle Jason. At Strangle Jason. Congratulations, at Strangle Jason. You are a winner of a cat lateral for PlayStation 4 uh, code, which I will uh, DM you about. I might have to have you uh, follow me if you haven't already to give you that code. Let's go ahead and pick the second winner. Out of 27, number 8. And going back to the list, number 8 is Kevin Grace Jr. at, at K Grace Jr. Congratulations, Ke- uh, let's just say your own name. Congratulations, Kevin Grace, and congratulations, Jason Slaughter. You are the proud owners of Cat Lateral Damage for PlayStation 4, and you can get be a cat to your heart's content. Hey guys, and thanks for tuning back in. Um, we are again live with Amnesia Brewing downtown Washougal, Washington. It's starting to get late. We have uh, our tasty treats in front of us, and uh, they are called the Copacetic IPA. So, cheers! Let's see if I can find the IBUs real quick on this bad boy. Hashtag fail. Um, ABV is 5.8. Not sure what the IBUs are. It's good. Yeah, um, it's good beer. Would you describe it? Kind of tasting some citrus in it. I'm kind of tasting just amazingness because that's all I can taste. Definitely some citrus. 
Seeing as how my nose is all fucked up. Yeah, you, taste. I could give you Bud Light right now, and you'd be like, oh, this is fantastic. Oh, this is fucking anything, guys. Yeah, you're, you're not in a good place to taste right now. So, oh, hey, this is Smirnoff. This is really good. <laughs> this is kerosene. It's amazing. <laughs> this is awesome. My breath is on is fire. Is this unleaded? <laughs> so that's a tasty treat. That means it's time to kick it. <laughs> So, Tim, why don't you go ahead and kick us off this week? Since I'm feeling sweet and lucky, I'll go ahead. That's the name of my kick it. It's called Sweet and Lucky. Um, oh, I see what you did there. Ha! Yeah. Hilarious. So, this one's a little bit hard to describe, so I'm going to go ahead and let the... Um, the uh, developer? It's not a developer. Um, they're actually people in Denver who are like a, a theater company. Okay. Um, I think they're called Third Rail, if I remember right. Um, go ahead and let them describe it now. Hi, I'm Emily Tarquin. And I'm Charlie Miller. We're the curators of Off Center at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts. We love working with diverse artists to create unique theatrical experiences that go beyond what you normally see on a stage. This year, we're excited to collaborate with Brooklyn-based Third Rail Projects on an immersive experience called Sweet and Lucky. This will be by far Off Center's largest production ever. It will push the limits of how you explore a story and allow you to become a part of it. And we need your help to make it happen. You get invited to Sweet and Lucky Antiques, which is a totally fictitious antique store uh, where nothing is for sale. And you get to explore it and pretty immediately thereafter, you find yourself welcomed into the deeper recesses of the building in which you find all of these kind of dreamlike environments that you get to explore. We've been fans of the award-winning company Third Rail Projects for a while now. They've spent the past 15 years reimagining how audiences interact with theater and dance through incredible shows like Then She Fell and The Grand Paradise. It's a 360 degree experience where you can navigate through environments, where you can touch objects, where you can rifle through props, and where you find yourselves literally inches away from performers. It's crafted for you and it's meant to provide a world you can step into and forget the world you just left behind. Sweet and Lucky is really about memory. It's about why do we remember things? How do we remember things? What are the most passionate moments of our lives? What are the, the scariest? What are some of the moments that we will take with us all the way through our lives? And it's kind of about asking those questions. The DCPA has been producing plays in traditional theater spaces like this for over 35 years. But for Sweet and Lucky, we have all this space to work with. This 16,000 square foot warehouse allows us to work on a totally different scale. Rather than staying in a, in a seat and watching the environments pass before you, you're the active force in this and you're you are actually walking from room to room, from scene to scene, and from experience to experience. Part of the experience included with your ticket is an exclusive bar featuring award-winning mixologist Sean Kenyon of Williams & Graham. I'm really excited to be making work in Denver because I was born and raised here. Um, this is the first time that Third Rail has been able to create a work of this scale outside of our home in New York City. And it's the first time that we've been able to partner with local actors, local designers in a community outside of our home and we're really jazzed about it. We're asking for $1 per square foot to pay for the design details that will be the difference between a cool set and a fully immersive world. We want every object to be intentional, every detail to bring you deeper into the story. Imagine sifting through a pile of love letters and discovering a secret 
that only you uncover. Imagine actors diving into a swimming hole right here in the middle of the loading dock. Imagine stepping into this room and it's raining on you. By donating to our Kickstarter campaign, you'll not only help us tell this story, but you'll also become a part of it. At each level, there are some really unique rewards, which not only make really great mementos for you, but also help to fill out the rest of the world that we are making. You can have a personal memory included in the show, get a key that unlocks a special experience when you attend, and get first dibs on tickets. With only 72 audience members able to experience each performance, these tickets will go fast. Denver's culture is thriving because of our community. So help us bring this show to life. We want you to be a part of it. All right, so I don't know if you thought the same thing I thought when I was listening to that. Probably did. But it almost sounded like they were, they were describing a game. It's like, an, a, like a total awesome game. Well, you're you're immersed in this environment, and there's all these cool things to check out and look at, and it, it sounds very game-like. And I like theater in general, but this theater experience where you're in the environment with all the cool stuff, interacting with the actors, ordering a drink at the bar, yeah, um, it just sounds amazing. I wish it was being developed in Portland, um, but I still wanted to highlight it because I thought it was a cool project. And hey, if it takes off, maybe someone will try to copy it here in Portland. So keep Portland weird and copycatting. So Sweet and Lucky is looking for only $16,000 with 13 days to go as we record. Um, they've already got $27,000. Um, early backers get early bird ticket pre-sales for $10. Bucks. Um, going up to um, $100, you get a unique keepsake skeleton key. What the fuck are you trying to say? That's a hard... You say keepsake skeleton key. Keepsake... Three Okay, we got an episode title. Let's keep, <laughs> keep, keep skate. Skate skeleton key. Hey, Tim just purchased one apparently. <laughs> you get a key, all right. And you get, with this key, you get to unlock a special secret when you go to the performance. So that sounds really cool to me. That's that the does. One, that's the one I would back. They open up this chest and watch me blow you out my if ass. If I knew I was going to Colorado, I would probably back this and, and take my wife because it sounds really cool. Um, the levels go up from this there. This definitely sounds like something you and your wife would love. Uh, $200 level gets you the sneak peek, um, like the uh, being a test audience. Okay. Kind of a preview performance. Yeah. 500 gets you behind the scenes meet and greet. $1,500 gets you be, um, an invitation to opening night. And then it goes up to a VIP package where you get a hotel stay, dinner, and breakfast, um, but transportation is not included. And the top tier is $7,200. Um, $7,200? $7,200. Um, a private performance with 71 personal guests. So that's actually not bad. Um, you basically get to invite. Says the man who apparently has $7,200 to fucking blow. Well, if you're going to do a really cool birthday party... I guess that's true. $7,200 is really not that... I mean, it's a lot of money, but I, I spent ten grand on like, on our wedding. If I was doing like an amazing 60th birthday party, for example... I'm not really talking about myself here, but... Yeah. Like, that would be pretty cool to like, invite... That would be pretty epic. Pretty much all of your close friends and then some of your yeah. even not-so-close friends. You're like, hey, you're a douchebag off the street. Here you go. You want to come to a cool performance? <laughs> well, actually, when you figure it, factor in that you've been inviting their wives, too. So it'd be that's like true. 36 of your best friends. And, but that would be cool to yeah, have. That'd be pretty fun. So, so Tim, you're going to buy that for us? I don't have any plans to go to Denver anytime soon, but um, I just think this is really... We can really, make them. 
really cool project and hey maybe some of you listeners are in the denver area or can get there yep um but check out uh sweet and lucky what do you got what do you got for us so i have a project called s-e-n-s so not the s-n-e-s the s-e-n-s which is s-e-n-s i'm I'm guessing you would pronounce it sense or sense no i'm just gonna pronounce it s-e-n-s oh you thought mine was hard to say yeah okay uh it's a vr a vr game and a graphic maze so anyways, uh, SENS, or SENS, VR is a fantastic and creative adventure. It all started with the graphic novel, and now we are creating a virtual reality game. Uh, creating a virtual reality game like none other. Um, so basically what it is, is a different language. Um, there be, sorry. Being developed by Red Corner, guys. Um, and Red Corner, I believe, is out of England, uh, France. Paris, France. Where's England, France at? England or France or the Negalated Dance. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, you just dis- you discover a strange environment with a simple rule. Follow the arrows. Sometimes they appear to you, sometimes you have to find them. In the same way that a game such as Journey... Um, they are offering a simple, intuitive gameplay. Uh, they don't want you to follow or spend hours learning the controls. They want you to explore and be fooled by a universe that doesn't follow any rules. But where are the arrows taking you? To be honest, nobody fucking knows. Not even them. And it's your quest to find out. And find your own fucking way. So this actually looks pretty cool. It's a VR game, guys. Um, kind of a cool black and white art style. Yeah, black and white. Um, trying to figure out, is it just on the Samsung? Um, I'm not sure what platforms it's coming out for. Uh, I bet you, you know what? I bet you we go down to... Yep. Samsung plays on cardboard, Gear Samsung. VR. Sweet. So, uh, for 11 US dollars, you guys can get a choice of the mobile version of Sens VR um, on cardboard or Samsung. Um, ranging all the way up to a $2,775 backer level. You get all the previous uh, backer levels plus a unique sculpture designed by Mark Antoine Mathieu. Currently exhibited by in his Belgian gallery, so that's pretty cool. It's actually pretty cool looking little statue. I'm not really sure I want to spend $2,700 on it, but apparently it's priced between $3,500 and $4,000. So, and that's pounds, not dollars. So that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of pounds. That's heavy as shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what I got, guys. It's a cool little VR thing. Um, S E N S. Yep. Sends. Alright guys, that's our kickets for the week, so that means it's time to move on <coughs> to gaming news and game releases. Alright, so this week in the news, um, we didn't talk about this last week, but the internet was buzzing for a little bit about a supposed new Nintendo NX controller that looks... Uh, it was buzzing as bullshit. Yeah, I was never suckered in by this. I was never suckered in either. But I know a few people are like, look at that awesome new NX controller. And I was like, you guys are douchebags. That's not, dude. It's not a Game Gear or so first of NX all, controller. If you haven't seen the picture, it's like, uh, I don't know, what's that, an oblong, a, a football Have you shape? ever seen Hey Arnold? Yes. The old cartoon show? It looks hey like Ar- it's fucking head. 
with the, with the eyes being the little um, nubs, the, uh, what do you call those, analog sticks? Yeah. So that's the weird thing. It's a glossy finish with two analog sticks, no buttons. No buttons, period. Um, and it's got like a... It's got a... Data port or a... It's got a headphone out jack. Okay. Um, Audio out Super jack. glossy face. Um, it has it's like, using a micro USB charger, obviously, because that's what that is. So it turns out those photos were Photoshop fake. Okay. But what makes this story weird is another guy, not the guy who made this Photoshop fake, another guy 3D printed a physical object that looked just like it. So, oh my god. So um, here is, here's he talking about the process of creating this oh, fake. Shit. I'm sorry if I got some people's hopes up, um, but it seems most people were against this kind of design, so maybe it's just a relief to hear that it's fake. Basically, my brother and I, we run this company where we have a laser cutter and 3D printer and I uh, thought it would be funny to see how easy it would be to recreate that Photoshop leak in real life. It turns out it's pretty easy. Um, I'm going to show you how. how I did it. So here it is, close up. <clears throat> As you can see, it's the quote-unquote screen is pretty glossy it's um, black acrylic that's laser cut and uh, put into this 3d printed base and which is just spray painted basically and these uh, these analog knobs are basically part of the same 3d printed base they just stick up through the plastic hair and they are just spray painted with plastic dip to make them look like rubber uh, it's kind of coming apart right now, but you can see how it how it's not quite the same as this, which is just matte black spray paint. And uh, these are just uh, made on a label printer, or uh, actually not one of those real cheap ones. It's it's uh, one of those that prints on a wider roll, but I made it on purpose to make it look like it was made on those Dymo machines. But that might have been a mistake because people really said it looked fake because it said this confidential property on it. But I googled uh, Nintendo dev kits and uh, many of these actually had these on it. But it wasn't quite the same. But I thought I would add it and this unit to uh, thing I just uh, kind of made up. I don't know. Uh, and this piece of tape was on the original leak. So I just added it to the same place. Uh, also had this paint bubble right here so that's why I had the unit 2 right there to hide that and the camera is just the same piece of pla black plastic as the screen that's the three and a half millimeter jack which is just a hole nothing more uh, added this to the back but the back uh, looks really quite fake so I didn't didn't take any photos of that anyway uh, would need to add some screw holes and maybe some panels for battery or something to make it look more real and the top doesn't have any connectors so that's why I didn't photograph that at all and these uh, roller wheels are uh, are actually just a triangle they just it's just this part that's round it doesn't go in any deeper than that it's just formed like a triangle basically and it's just glued in and then that isn't even paint that is just straight out of the 3D printer. Alright. That's so, fucking ridiculous. So, yeah. 
So two guys made this elaborate hoax and lots of people fell for it. We still don't know what the NX is going to look like, what it's going to do. I think it's going to look more along the lines of like a Ninja Turtle head. Oh my gosh, running fucking Zelda. Yeah, uh, that's... That's BS. Yet, yet a third guy put on video that showed what a UI could look like with a... <laughs> like a I see, that's not bad. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool if that would work. I mean, you can carry that around everywhere you go. Yep. Amazing 4K graphics in your tiny ass little processor. Yep. It's got virtual buttons that yeah, kind of spin around buttons. a wheel around the analog sticks. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It's all fake. Oh, yeah, it's way more cool. You got our next story, Zach? Um... Yeah, so this week, guys, the Oculus Rift uh, actually dropped. Um, by dropped, I mean it is being shipped as we are It came speaking. out yesterday. came out yesterday. Um, Lucky, what's his name? Lucky, oh, shit. <laughs> Not so lucky that I can't remember his name. But anyways, uh, Oculus, as you guys know, got bought out by uh, Facebook for $2 million in 2014, and now flash forward two years later. The signature headset of the market that started the VR market is now labeled with the 599 price tag. So as of right now, I, what I found most strange, I didn't know this. As of right now, Oculus can only detect head movement. It'll get 3D functionality later with an add-on. So that makes it a lot less attractive to me than the Vive, which has 3D capability, mm-hmm. movement capability out of the box. Um, a lot of people reviewed it. Um, the CNET, the review I liked a lot, was... Um, from CNET executive editor Ian Sher. He said, while the future of tech is here, that future may not be as fun as you think. You strap the headset to your face and you can have an out-of-body-like experience that might make you vomit. (laughs) Um, He also didn't like the 13-foot-long cord, um, but that being said, he found the virtual reality experience effective as soon as saying, as soon as the headset is on, it really can make you feel like you're in a different place. And yeah, our tacos are here. Taco time. Tacos. tacos. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Anything awesome. You no, nope, tacos I make us happy. That'll be great. Thank you. Enjoy. Tacos, guys. Tacos. So, do you think you could eat tacos with a VR helmet strapped to your face? Yeah. Puke them everywhere. It'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like, do a roller coaster ride. Virtual puke. Do a virtual. Like, do the Mount motor- Everest jump. Like Cliff decks dive off of it, yeah. and then while you're doing that, eat tacos. I think I could do it. I think I should try it. So anyway, Oculus Rift is off. This is the first of the big um, a clunky portal to a promising virtual reality. Brian X Chen um, from the New York Times. So yeah, um, the Vive comes out a little bit later. I think like a month. Yeah, I think it's coming out next month. And I will have to wait until October for my underpowered Sony VR. I can't but, wait. Can't ho- wait to try it though. But hopefully before that, I'll get my Samsung Gear VR and play around with that a little bit. That'll be kind of fun. Maybe you can go back to my Kick It, Sense, and pick it up. I'll check and see how long it's going to be for it to release. Because if it's too long, like I'm not going to really, I don't know. Maybe I'll play Samsung Gear after the Sony VR comes out, but I kind of doubt it. So why the fuck do you get the Samsung Gear? Because it's free with my phone. Well, then I'll pick, take it off your hands. Don't worry about it. Well, we'll see. Like I, like I said, I'll just take it off your hands. Don't I worry haven't about played it yet. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm sure you'll hear about it in future Tech Talk, but I have no idea when it's going to ship to me. All right. You're eating your taco, but you definitely get the next story. God damn it. <laughs> That's perfect. We are, mateys. We're talking about piracy here. So. Give me one second. I got to chew my taco. 
That's what she said. All right, so Zach wrote an article this week for PluggingPlayGamer.com. Um, it was based on a blog post from a developer we all know and love. Um, Tiny, Tiny Build. Tiny Build. And he talked about how much uh, units his recent game, or their recent game, sold uh, Punch Club uh-huh. versus how many games were pirated. And I thought it was pretty cool that they could even know that. Yeah, so what they've done is they've actually built analytic coding into every single uh, version of Punch Club that they've released. Mm-hmm. And that analytic coding is detects means of legitimacy and piracy, um, either uh, retail purchases or that game being duplicated um, or just AKA being used twice. That one is your taco. Um, Tim is eating a salmon taco. I have a chicken taco. It's not as dirty as it sounds. And he's eating a fishy taco. And I'm eating a chicken taco and a veggie taco because one of our friends from Magic Night, Tony, is in the bar right now. It says these veggie tacos are delicious. So if it's, it's terrible, not you can looking it. delicious. It looks, so I'm seeds. gonna go throw it in his face. I'm pretty sure. I think he just punked you. I think he might have punked me, but he was eating it, so I don't know. Anyways, guys, Tiny Build is celebrating 300,000 units of Punch Club being legitimately sold. Um, reaching the 300,000 mark of units being sold, uh, Punch Club, or not Punch Club, sorry, Tiny Build decided they were going to look at the code and see how many times the game had been pirated compared to sold. Um, as you all know, piracy can literally hand a devastating blow to smaller developers, which Tiny Build is not the smallest developer out there, but they are not, you know, they're not a 2K or anything like that. Um... So, you may be curious how they get these numbers, and the answer all lies in the code. Like many publishers, Tiny Builds planted analytic coding into all the versions to gather regional coordinates and to see if the pirated or legitimate copies. The findings were devastating, so here's the quick rundown on the facts, guys. Punch Club alone has been pirated 1.6 million times, 1,137,000 times on PC, Mac, and Linux, 514,000 on mobile, 90% of the mobile being piracy being on Android devices. When released in Brazil and Portuguese, activations exploded, but no sales accumulated, meaning that all the Brazil and Portuguese activations of the game were uh, pirated. Um, Punch Club appeared on torrents within hours of launch. For every sale of PC, uh, every legal sale of the PC game Punch Club, there are four pirates. Every Android sale, there are 12 pirates, and for every iOS sale, there are two pirates. So, so us, us Android people are bastards, apparently. Yeah. Um, apparently, because we're worse than PC, I guess. So here is the breakdown, which I thought was really interesting, guys. I'm going to say the legitimately bought and then pirated numbers, um, and I'm going to give you guys a percentage, because this is the part that really made me write the article. So in Brazil, to date, there are 373 copies sold. There are 11,627 pirated. Russia, 226. Pirated, 4,889. China, two sold. <laughs> two. There's uh, two people. Just China. two people. China, 4,163. Who's the guy that cracked it? The guy who cracked it, he had my two copies. Just check it out. Uh, Ger- Germany. 454, 880. So this shows me right off the bat that if you want to sell a game, sell it in Germany because at least half the fuckers will buy the damn thing. Um, Turkey, 30. Turkey pirated, 1,295. United States, 269. 
Um, these might be thousand guys. I'm not really 100% positive. These are just the numbers that they're breaking down to. Um, and 915 pirated. Um, Ukraine, 15. Ukraine pirated, 1,146. And you guys can see how it goes um, all the way down to France where they bought So, like, the United States is, like, 3 to 1, roughly. Yeah. But other countries, it's, like, I don't even know, 100 to 1. to 100, yeah. Like, China, for example, is the funniest with uh, 2 bot versus 4,000. So, all of the activations worldwide currently on the market for Punch Club by Tiny Build is makes up 81% of them are pirated leaving 19% of the population of people who have played Punch Club to have bought them by legitimate sources. So their 300000 that they're celebrating is nothing in comparison to what they could have made if people would have even chipped in half of the price or donated for some sort of fund on the money. That's pretty shitty. Yeah. So this is just uh, one article in many uh, probably to come on piracy. Um but you guys can check out that article if you guys want over at PlugAndPlayGamer.com. Um, right currently, it is on the front page. So, all right. What do you got for us, Tim? It is time for game releases. Game releases. How was your uh, salmon taco? Um, it was delicious. Yeah. Um, that was for what I paid for it. That was ridiculously good. By the um, way, we only paid two dollars and fifty cents for it. Yep, and it had a ton of salmon. Like, I don't know. Like, it was, it was good. awesome. Really good. Um, I can't wait to see your reaction to the veggie taco you're coming up next. But I don't want to touch that. No, I got, you got to take at least one. We got sunflowers in it. It's got some kind of seeds in it, yes, it, and looks like kale. It does look pretty good, but all right, it's whatever. pretty. You all tell right. me what games are releasing this week, and then I will eat the veggie taco. So it shouldn't come to any one surprise that a bunch of Oculus Rift games came out on twenty eighth. No way. To go along with the release of the Oculus. So um, Monday the twenty eighth, a drift with a one in the place where the eye should be, came out for Oculus Rift. Lucky's Tale. Eve Valkyrie, which I've heard good things about. I would like to play that. Kronos came out for Oculus Rift. Darknet came out for Android, Samsung Gear, PC, and Oculus Rift. So that's one that I could potentially play soon. Adventure Time Magic Man's Head Games. Adventure Time Tuesday. It sounds like a bunch of mini games. Um, PC, Oculus Rift. Tuesday, March 29th. Killer Instinct Season 3 comes out for Xbox One and Windows 10. MLB The Show 16 comes out for PS Feet, PS, PS4, and Vita. Sorry, not PS3. I thought it was 16. What the hell was that? MLB 16. The oh, show. never mind. It's, a baseball game. it's not a PC. Not a PC. It's a shitty. Whatever. It's actually a decent baseball game. Knights of if it was Azure. decent, it'd be on PC. Knights of Azure came out for PS4 today, and you can read a review of that on thebuttonsmasters.com. Trillion, God of Destruction, came out for Vita. And I believe this is uh, the final episode of Minecraft Story Mode. Episode no, 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 they said that they were going to release three sporadically throughout the summer now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does it sort of finish the story arc? I have no idea. Well, anyway, ep- Minecraft Story I Mode. I dropped out after episode two. Episode five is called Order Up. Came out for basically everything. Android, AOS, PC, PS3, PS4. AOL. Xbox 360, Xbox One. So Number you to log into your AIM account and chat it up with somebody and then maybe you'll get this in Minecraft story mode. Um, but Telltale also released The Walking Dead. I can never pronounce her name right. Mikon. <laughs> you can't pronounce it with a taco in your mouth either. <laughs> Episode 2, uh, which is uh, called Give No Shelter. And that's Michonne. also... Michonne. Michonne. Thank yeah, you. Here we go. Uh, another baseball game, um, RBI Baseball 16, came out for PC. Run, bat, something. I don't... 
Is that what it stands for? I have no fucking idea. I, I don't think it up. does. Um, PC, PS4, Xbox One. Um, Resident Evil 6. Um, I guess it must be a remastered edition. Came out for PS4 and Xbox One. I think One. I got punked. So how's your, how's your veggie taco? Not the best. I mean, it's not terrible, but not the best. So what? It's very flavorful. Okay. I'm sure it'd be great if I could taste. Yeah, well, you're eating all of it, so it must not be horrible. All right, I where was I? I paid two bucks for it. <laughs> Night Cry came out for PC. Sid Meier's Civilization Revolution 2 Plus. Oh, shit. That's a title. I'm going to say it again. Sid Meier's Civilization Revolution 2 Plus came out for Vita today. I don't know How why... How many fucking expansions are you going to have for that fucking game? Well, it's a Vita, first of all, which is weird. I don't know. That's not the kind of game I want to play on my Vita. No. Unepic came out for PS4. Organic Panic came out for PS4. And Peacefall came out for PS4. Huh. Tiny Build released um, a remastered edition of No, no time, time to, to Explain. No Time to Explain for PS4. Um, game looks... You might be asking what that game is about. I have no time to explain this to you assholes. Alright, well I was going to, but I guess we have no time to explain. Uh, Griffin Knight Epic came out for PS4. Chronicles of Teddy, Harmony of Exodus came out for PS4. <laughs> Arcade Archives Life Force, out for PS4. Adam's Venture Origins, PS4. Phoenix Furia, PS4. Holy shit. A lot of games for PS4 this week. Malia for Vita. Night Solitaire for Vita. Oh, nice. New Solitaire game. That's just what we fucking need. Tachyon Project for Vita. And then uh, Wednesday, got a couple games. Roller Coaster Tycoon World, um, which is a PC early access. Jump on a roller coaster in Mexico. Hopefully make it over that Trump wall and then over back over to Canada. <laughs> Two games for Xbox One, because Xbox One needs some love after all that PS4. Um, Active Soccer... Af- Active Soccer 2 DX. The fuck? That's kind of an awkward title. Griffin Knight Epic is also out for Xbox One. And then Thursday is a game that I'm interested in because I just saw a trailer and it looks really cool. Hyperlight Drifter comes out for PS or for PC rather on March 31st. And then rounding out the week on April Fool's Day, we've got WRC5 Esports Edition. PS4, Xbox One. I don't even know what that is. I think WRC is a Subaru off-road racing game. Let's look it up. All right. Let's check it out. You can take him home tonight. I'm not into that, dude. I'm Yeah. Ah, look. Fucking off-road racing game, bro. Yep, you win. You got yeah, it. Told you. I'm impressed. Mildly. Mildly. So that's our um, releases for this week. Cool. A lot, a lot of Oculus, a lot of PS4 titles. Yeah. And Fucking that, VR, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to our question of the week. All right, guys. Have you ever pirated a game? I, I'm not even going to try and lie. I know I have. Yeah, me too. I mean, I guess it depends on what your version, your... Uh, Here comes the justifications. Yeah, I guess it depends on what your... Your idea of pirated is: Do you own the game on another platform and you've gotten it for a different one? Mm-hmm. Um, is that piracy? Because if so, then yes, I have. If not, then yes, I have. So, I pirated some games when I was a teenager back in, like, I want to say the early nineties. Before I was born, you could actually rent games on disc. Yeah, Flop- install them on your install them on your computer. Floppy disk. Take it back. And they try to get around it by making you. Um, copy protection they called it you'd have to read like the fifth letter in the, <laughs> in the 12th paragraph on page 12 of the instruction manual but um people would just copy the instruction manual oh but i God. did that a little bit um i 
really stopped when I turned, I don't know, 20 or so, except for one area, and that's emulated games. Yeah. A lot of these games I, I, I might even own still. Yep. But it's nice to play them on PC or other platforms like my, my, my rooted uh, PSP. Yep. Things like that. So I have been guilty of um, ripping some emulated games. But I um, support the virtual marketplace on Wii U and Wii and 3DS, and I typically I pay for most um, older games gotcha. that, that I play, including Earthbound, which I've bought twice now for virtual console on Wii U and now 3DS. So we want to know, though, have you pirated games, and if so, what's your justification? Sounds good. Let us know. Sounds good. Where can they let us know, Zach? You guys can let us know at PluginPlayGamer.com. Check us out at YouTube.com, Facebook.com forward slash PluginPlayShow, and at Twitter and Instagram at PluginPlayCast. And until next week, guys, don't forget to subscribe and shine. Don't forget to hit save.